0: Good morning. All right, guys. We're going to start today with Core Truth. We've got Trey Cabizina, Terry Oda here to share Core Truth, Word, Spirit, people of God. So excited to see you guys, and this is what you're going to share. So let me pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for all these men that are here. Thank you for how hungry they are for you. Thank you that they love you, that they care for you, that we all do, that we're so grateful for you, for what you did for us on the cross. Lord, help us to continually repent, turn away from our sins turn towards you or help us to know the truth of who we are and the truth of who you are so we can be more equipped to carry out the mission you have for us individually and pray that you speak through these good men this morning you bless this time we love you in Jesus name amen
1: well good morning good to be with you this morning Uh, Trey and I are excited about um, sharing Trey's story not mine so much (laughs) (laughs) Um, but just sharing with you um, how God is working in our lives And uh, what I've really enjoyed about this process is over the past few weeks, Trey and I have gotten together a couple times just to prepare for this, but just learning about each other's stories one-to-one is really, really cool. And so um, I, I encourage that, first of all, just, you know, pick a guy, maybe it's a guy from your small group or whatever, sit down, have a cup of coffee with him, go to lunch, breakfast, whatever it is, and just hear the story and tell your story. It's really, really good. It's rich. Um, But today we wanted to focus in on uh, these three things, the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and the people of God. And the reason behind that is as we think about our mission of always making disciples who are making disciples, that first implies that we must first be a disciple. And in order for us to be a disciple, we need to be well-equipped to follow the leader that we are being a disciple of, and that's Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so how do we learn to be equipped with the good news of Jesus Christ? Well, it starts with the Word of God. And so we look at 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17. How many of you are emaw guys, have done emaw? All right, so you know this verse. It's the second verse in the series, right? All Scripture is God-breathed. I love that because breath speaks of life. And God's life coming out, being revealed in the word of God. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Why? So that the servant of God, the man of God, that's you and me, we may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's where it starts, guys. It starts with the word of God equipping us to be disciples so that we can be disciple makers. Well, why does this work? We find in Hebrews 4:12, 12, um, the Word of God is alive. It's powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. That scares us a little bit, right? Having to be exposed a little bit. <clears throat> I was thinking about this, actually, after we did this presentation last night, I was thinking at home, uh, you know, it's kind kind of like going to the doctor. Um, If we've ever had to have a surgery, that is not a lot of fun. It's painful. But when the surgery is over and the healing takes place and the tumor is removed or whatever it is, that sin gets cut out of us. That's what the Word of God is. It's that sword. It's that knife that cuts in, and yeah, it hurts, but in the end, it heals. And that's the beautiful power of the living Word of God. So how do we respond to that? 2 Timothy 2.15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. So as we spend time in the word, we learn what it says, we understand the power of the living word of God, and we start to handle it with accuracy so that we can share it with others um, as disciple makers. So um, Trey and I we talked about this a little bit, and Trey, I'd like for you to um, tell us just a little bit about how the Word of God has been written into your story. I love your story on this.
0: So yeah, so um, you know, the men that have gone before us have done such a great job of modeling how to chunk our story um, and taking bits and pieces out of it, and as we apply it to the Word, the Spirit, and the people, the first. Um, this first area of the word, uh, we had a good time talking about this. Is I was not raised in a Christian home, and um, the the word to me was very limited. I mean, I, I w- my exposure to the word was really limited. So, as we go through this, we, we can we've kind of come up with this alliteration of I had a very limited exposure to the word. It was it was limited to. Um, Ben-Hur, the Ten Commandments, things that we'd watch on Easter or Christmas, that was essentially my exposure to, to Christ. And um, it never certainly did not sink in a little bit, it was pretty much, my parents would say, if, if you believe in God, you're going to heaven, okay, let's go to dinner now. That was pretty much how uh, I was raised. It wasn't until um, my high school years that I, the, girl, the girlfriend that I was dating um, went to a Catholic church and my then second exposure in life was uh, really what I would say the liturgical word. It was, I felt like I was being talked at and the Bible was being read to me, but I didn't own a Bible and I wasn't really digging into the word. It had not come alive yet. <clears throat> and it wasn't until um, I met my wife Jody when we were, went to, in college, Um, that I started going to her church. It was a Reformed church. It was a a pastor who was in a suit, felt a little bit more approachable, and he started to put, as Terry mentioned, sort of handles on life and how to apply the word to my life. And that really um, opened up the living word. So again, this limited word. The second was the liturgical word, where I felt like I was being spoke to. And then this living word where... the word started jumping off the page and I could actually apply it to my life. And so that was that time in college where um, I went to my first uh, Bible study or group study with just couples with my wife. Um, I got baptized and accepted Christ when I was 20 years old and uh, really just just started my walk with Christ um, and in my relationship with God uh, in my, when I was 20, 21 years old. So, yeah.
1: Love that. Love the living word, how the word became alive to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> as you and I, um, those of you who have trusted Christ, as you've experienced this and, and the word has really spoken to you and gotten hold of your heart, you trust Christ and the Holy Spirit comes into your life. And the thing that I love about the Holy Spirit is he's a helper. He's a comforter. He does convict us of sin. Um, he's there for us. He's with us. Even now, as we come into the Christmas season, we, we talk about God with us. And God is with us through His Spirit right now. And that's such a beautiful thing. And there's so many things that Scripture has to say about the Spirit. But as Trey and I were talking about, hey, wh- what do we want to talk about with you guys? Um, we settled on this. In Galatians chapter 5, there's, a, there's two lists. And what we know, I think all of us have experienced this that there's always this battle that is going on in our lives, right? I mean, it's, it's this tug of war between truth and lies, between our nature and the spirit. And Paul even wrote that um, the, the nature, the natural flesh, it wars against the spirit Sometimes so that we don't even do the things that we want to do, right? Well, sometimes it's the things we want to do in our flesh, right? But not the things that we want to do in the spirit because we have this constant battle that's going on. And so when we look at Galatians chapter 5 verses 19 and 20, we see the results of following either the nature, our natural flesh, or following the spirit. And here's what it looks like. Galatians 5.19, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I dare say if you read the scripture um, and you listen to that list, you can probably identify with at least one of the things on that list, right, when when we go after our flesh. Mm -hmm. But the beautiful thing is that the Holy Spirit comes into our lives and he gets a hold of us and gets a hold of our heart. And he produces fruit in our lives and it looks like this. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love Trey, as we think about the Spirit, um, I know that you've seen the Spirit make some changes in your life yeah. from living for the flesh to living for the Spirit, the wild parties, all that kind
0: of stuff, right? <laughs> the one, <laughs> so. Especially the wild yeah. parties, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so tell us about that. Um, yeah, so this one is specifically, you know, as I can think of a lot of different instances where I've felt the Holy Spirit um, uh, move within my life and be part of my story. But really in the last, I'd say, 12 to 14 months or so, this has been a real, um, this is a part of the story that I, I really wanted to share with you guys is, um, you know, over the last year, I'd say probably last August, September, when Dan Lokers um, had asked us and, you know, presented us with the book, uh, Surrender to Love by David Benner, you know, he's like, he said, it's a really small book, uh, and it is a small book, and how I many people have read Surrender to Love? Okay. And it's a really small book, and uh, he, he said it'll, 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 it's, a, it's a fast read, and um, it's not a fast read. It took me like three months to get through <clears throat> because literally it's so deep uh, that it really, and it really spoke to my heart. Um, and I was telling Terry, like how, when you're looking at this spirit, um, and I'm really, as, as your men are out here, we're trying to reflect on how is the spirit moving in my life versus how do I feel like it's moving in my life? Circle of influence. And so I really had to settle with this. So the Surrender to Love book <clears throat> was really profound in me. Um, that, you know, there's, a, there's an image that says um, th- that the David Benner uh, pictures in this book is, is that God's love for us is like a river, like a stream that says, um, instead of getting into the river and trying to swim, take a deep breath and just lay in your back and let yourself just go downstream in God's love. Like just letting go, surrendering to that love. And when you think about that, that is a really peaceful, calming sense of just letting go. Your head's not going to hit on any rocks. You're not going to drown. Just take a deep breath and let yourself float. And so um, one, of, one of the things I have seen is <clears throat> one of my biggest challenges for me personally is that my core lie is that I'm not good enough, that I I need to be other than myself. You guys going out here? Are we good? Okay. Um, and so, you know, if we reflect into something called the Enneagram, my Enneagram is a three, and, which is this achiever and performer. One of the places I, I tend to go is I will try to be anybody else other than myself. And so the hardest thing for me is settling with myself and who I am in Christ. And so that's why that book was so profound to me. I think the Holy Spirit came to me um, and really, as I felt God's love for me, it created a heart of gratitude. And you'll hear me say this a couple of times here. Um, and it really prepared my heart um, for a heart of gratitude. We, um, uh, and, and, and it prepared us for what was gonna come in this past January. I'm looking at Marty Anderson over here because if I look at him too long, I'm probably gonna start to cry. But um, so preparing my heart in that surrender to love, knowing that um, God, uh, God loves me so much, he really just created the Holy Spirit, created this heart of gratitude and prepared me for January 19th when I got a text from, uh, from Marty about these two children who needed a home. Now, we have, my wife and I had had six children We have four biological children and two boys that we had adopted in 2016 and 2017. And, you know, I kind of felt like we were assimilating as a family and coming together. And um, I believe the Holy Spirit was really just preparing my heart and um, really a heart of gratitude. And so in comes uh, January 19th. I get this text from Marty that said, hey, Trey, these uh, these two children are looking for a forever home. Uh, Parents' rights are going to be terminated. Um, We don't. I I know that you've adopted, and um, just wanted to see if you could be a part of this, uh, essentially search party, or see what's going to happen with these children and help us search for a forever home. You know, I I ended up talking with my wife, and um, and I said, "How could I not? Out of a heart of gratitude, how can I not at least be willing to walk alongside God in this process? I don't know what this is going to look like, God, but." You've done so much for me that I feel like I need to at least be open to what this is going to look like. Um, And out of that, like, came this you're looking about fruit, we're talking about walking in the spirit. A fruit that came out of that is joy. So, uh, is this process over the last, since January 19th, has this process been easy? Has it been like, let's restful? Absolutely not. But has it been joyful? Absolutely. So knowing that you're walking in the Spirit, you're, uh, you feel like you're in God's will for your life has been incredibly joyful uh, over this past nine, 10 months um, in walking with the Spirit. And so seeing the Spirit just really move in, uh, in our lives and being led by the Spirit, that's been a, a, that has been uh, incredibly humbling is watching the Spirit lead us through this process. Yeah. Yeah, I love that story, and and it's really
1: challenging to me. Um, I'll have to confess that as I listen to Trey's story and how God's leading in his life, I'm like, man, am am I listening that well and following that well? I love also, Trey, how you pointed out um, this heart of gratitude that you have. It makes me um, think of... Um, True North, Gary and Lisa Himes' work that they've uh, presented to us many times—it's just just so good that when we are when we're struggling with the frustrations of life, the groaning of life, we can either go south towards the grumbling and grasping and trying to control it all on our own, or we can go north in gratitude for who God is. Not, I mean, it is. F- Gratitude for what he's done for us and for the things he's given to us. But even more than that, it's gratitude for who he is. Mm-hmm. And when we start to get that, and when the Holy Spirit makes that real in our lives, we start doing like Trey has done, and we start giving and speaking into the lives of other people and giving back by adopting more <laughs> kids or by um, witnessing to the neighbors, What he's going to talk about. You know, this, this is just so cool. Because it rolls into how do we interact with the people of God. If we're responding with a heart of gratitude, we can speak into the lives of other people who are groaning right alongside of us. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing about that is, is that it's a family thing. Ephesians 1.5, I love this. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ, it's not of our own thing, this is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. Mm -hmm. He wanted you to be in his family. Mm -hmm. It gives him great pleasure to call you his son. That's a beautiful thing. And this is a thing that Trey and I have <clears throat> come to see is, is real in, in our lives, and they'll tell you a bit of the story. We also um, thought about First Corinthians chapter 12, and we won't go through all of this, but in First Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is writing about how each one of us is a member of the body of Christ, you know, and he uses um, the, the, the figure of speech of, of our bodies, the foot, the hand, the eyes, the nose, the ears. We all play a role in the body of Christ. Another verse that I um, thought of um, that we don't have up here, but um, is this First Peter 4.10 says, So each of you should use whatever gift you have been given to serve one another as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Mm-hmm. And that's how the body of Christ works. We all have different gifts. We all have different stories. Your story doesn't look like trays, but you have a beautiful story because God's writing it. Mm-hmm. And so are you willing to share that with others? So, Mm -hmm. Trey, um, how has God used his story of your adoption into his family to write a bigger story for you and your family? How's God using
0: his people in your story? Yeah, so um, what I'm finding very, um, very acutely, I'm acutely aware that God is is after us. He's pursuing all of us. And uh, he'll do it in different ways and um, you know his story of adoption into my life, when you think of adopting me into his family, starting with the living word and going through my life and that story, which I, I'm not gonna tell over 45 minutes here, but it's a <clears throat> going from bringing me at a 20 year old to bringing me, uh, exposing me to the living word to then the spirit and, and really tangibly, I'm fast forwarding you all the way up to 2019. Um, he's still writing this story. Um, This most recent story is, again, I'm going back to that heart of gratitude, being adopted into God's family is, I am incredibly grateful and humble um, that he has decided to do that. And out of that, what I'm seeing is, it is the amazing, I'm in awe of what God has been doing the uh, the last 10 months because I was saying this last night, he's like the head coach and he's basically calling out orders, so to speak, and I'm the quarterback, right? And I feel like um, I'm just there to do a job, and um, it's incredibly humbling. So being adopted into his family has really created this heart of gratitude. And so um, he has really strategically put uh, people in our lives in the last nine or 10 months to reach people for him. So I'll give you a couple examples. There's probably been... At least eight or ten very real examples that I am just blown away and oftentimes overwhelmed. Um, <clears throat> like even if it's an email from a random person um, asking about adoption or uh, foster care or whatever it is. So two two real examples. My wife Jody. Um, we went to so these two children's names are Anai and Keegan. We're on the tail end of. After getting this email or this text from, from Marty, we fast-forwarded to uh, just walking alongside God in this process. These two children moved into our home in, on June 14th. Um, we weren't looking to foster or adopt any more children. This was totally God's doing. And um, they moved into our home on June, June, uh, June 14th. There was a, birth, a, sec, a two-year-old uh, second birthday party for King, and at a remote family's house that there was probably 40, 50 people there who we didn't know any of them. They all knew who Anaya and Keegan were, they knew who we were through these two children. My wife had a 45 minute conversation, this is one of the two examples, had a 45 minute conversation with the great, uh, I'm sorry, with the grandma, so the mom of the mom. And the the mom of the mom said, this grandma said, you know, after they got Jody in this, with this woman, Michelle had a conversation, I asked Jody, what was that? Well, that was a long conversation. What did you guys talk about? She goes, well, she was just asking me, help me understand how you could love somebody that isn't your own child, right? Like, there's the door open. So Jody had this real uh, opportunity to share, and she shared it well, uh, God's adoption story for us. Well, she shared, hey, even our own children, our own biological children aren't our children. They're, God has you know, given them to us for a short period of time to uh, direct them towards Him. And having that conversation, and then the next question that she asked was, help me understand, like, are you happy, you know? She asked Jody, are you happy? And Jody said, well, you gotta think about it, happiness is something that, it's more of a worldly word, if you will. Is it restful? Am I always happy? Do I always have a smile on my face? Is this the greatest thing ever? Not always. So Jody moved you know, quickly to joy. Joy is something that knowing that you're you're living in God's will for your life um, is much, much bigger and a tenfold what, what the word happiness is. And so that was a real tangible um, way that God brought this person into uh, this our circle of influence. And so what we have seen over the last nine, ten months. And what I have seen is that God is bringing people into our lives to reach more people. He's not done. Like Anaya and Keegan are just a tiny piece of His story of trying to reach people. It's become very aware that He is reaching others through this process. And so the second story I'll tell you is, um, we I was uh, selling a cedar fence around my backyard, and uh, this I don't know if Ty's here or not, but um, so. we were selling this fence. This young man and his wife and his father-in-law come over to pick up these fence sections, and they spent a good half of a Saturday at our house, maybe, maybe almost almost all the Saturday. And um, <clears throat> the next day, on Sunday, I got a text from this guy, and he said, "Hey, um, you know, my wife and I are at your house. It's obviously aware that you guys have adopted. That you have a lot of kids." And something's just different about your family. Like, I, it's pretty clear you guys are Christians. Would you would you be willing to go to go out to coffee with me? I just want to hear more about your story. I said yes. We met on Monday, and he shared this. He shared his story. It was a good. He shared his story, and he hasn't been in your seats. <laughs> he didn't know like how to chunk stories and how to, He just shared it, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, and through that conversation, a lot of cool things had happened. But I said, hey, Ty, would you be willing to come? Um, to Blyfield and uh, you know, we're actually going through story this, this fall, like your story is so profound. I'd love to be able to, uh, for you to be able to share it and just bless us and, and so now he is in men's ministry. So he's in my small group. And so God is pursuing so many people, whether it's, I get emails from random people that I'm like, okay God, uh, I see what you're doing here. And um, it's so much more about the greater story of him pursuing people uh, than, it is about, um, than it is about me. And, um, you know, we felt a lot of support and prayers um, from people that, I mean, God's people, as we're talking, is focusing on that. Um, whether it's Marty sending a text or it's, um, it's Ty buying a fence from us and having a conversation now coming to men's ministry or it's reaching all the people who have known and loved and been a part of, this, of these two children's lives. Uh, he's not even close to being done with writing the stories of other people and pursuing people. So God is moving amongst his people and, um, and using that in our story as a, a two, um, I said this last night, I feel like sometimes I'm sitting back and eating popcorn just watching God unfold this story, and I'm like, this is amazing. I get a front row seat to watch God move, and uh, it's really cool. Yeah, I love that,
1: Trey. I love that attitude of, of, just, of just watching God do his work in your life. Um, some of you might be um, a little more like me where you're just trying to, to help God along with the process. Now, he doesn't need our help. He wants us to sit back and let him do the work and just be um, willing vessels in his hand. Mm -hmm. So thanks for sharing your story today, Trey. Um, I know all of you are getting an opportunity to share your story. You have a beautiful story. No matter what it is, it's a beautiful story because God's writing it on your hearts. And um, it's powerful to share it with one another. So I encourage you to do that. Um, So let's pray before we go to groups. Father God, we thank you that um, you love us and that you care enough about us to write your story on our hearts so that we can intersect with the stories of other people, making an impact for your kingdom. It's our desire, Father, to um, make disciples who are making disciples. That We do this every day, and that um, we um, lean heavily on you and we rely on you, letting go of our own flesh and grasping on to the power of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. And so I pray that you will become more alive in each one of us and that we can, um, that you will open our eyes to see you working and that we will be listening to those small prompts that you give to us when you send people um, into our paths that uh, need to see Jesus. I pray that they'll see Jesus in us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.